welcome to the Justin Louis podcast. We're going to be talking all things mental health, addiction recovery, through to human optimization, and taking a deep dive into spirituality. Sit tight, listen in, and here we go. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with a brother of mine I just met recently, training at um, CrossFit uh, Petit Gang. How do you say? Petit Gang. Fortitude Bali. Yeah, CrossFit Fortitude <laughs> Bali. Uh, Ricardo, he's one of these head coach there. Really lovely guy. I've been doing a few sessions with him and invited him on today to sort of share with you guys about his story, um, a little bit about you know where, where, what he was up to, um, both professionally with his um, sport and, uh, and then his journey into today. Uh, so welcome, Ricardo. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, thank you, brother. Um, yeah, we're just sort of talking off air there about um, being stuck in obviously the rat race <laughs> of how we um, how we feel we need to keep uh, keep being stuck within that and break free from it and become uh, much more fulfilled. So why don't we start off with a little bit about your sort of I guess your journey over the last sort of ten years from professional basketball uh, and obviously getting into the financial world and um, there and where you are today. Yeah, well, ten years journey. It's like so much have changed. Like now, when you when you actually said the number ten years, I was like, wow. If I look back ten years ago, it was completely different life. Everything was uh, all so different back then. And um, yeah. yeah, as you said, like I started from uh, from a basketball background. So like everything that happened in my life, I think I've always revolved around sports. Other than one, my my two one and a half two miserable years in finance. Yeah. Everything else has always been like sport related. So I can't picture my life without any sort of like physical activity. Mm. I believe that's one of the most important thing for me, regardless of what I do in life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I was um, in my previous life at this point, because 10 years is a long yeah. time ago. In my previous life, I was a professional basketball player. Uh, started off when I was uh, around like six years old. My mom got me in there and I hated it. Yeah. so bad that I didn't want to go back anymore on the second day and then the second day I loved it <laughs> <laughs> so I gave you one more chance it changed pretty quicker it changed pretty quick and uh, I've always been like I don't know I've always loved it and uh, looking back now without no one telling me I've always had like a really good ethic of work with basketball like no one ever had to tell me that I needed to practice during summer to be in shape when I come back when mm. I was seven i knew that i had to go jogging in the summer to stay fit for when that season was start again and these are all things that i didn't know at the time but I, that i've noticed now that i i grew <laughs> up a little bit more i was like oh, basketball for me has always been such a big passion yeah. and my job and i and i've always loved it like i was so so happy when i was younger and playing it and until it, until it became a job it was amazing like yeah. there was no like I never felt like I was missing something because I couldn't go out and party or because I couldn't meet my friends because the only thing I wanted was practice. Yeah. So I would practice with my age group, with the older age group, with the first team and everything. And then that's what's the most fulfilling part of my life. Like, I don't know, 14 till 18 years old. Yeah. Love it. Like, it was it was awesome. And then, of course, when you could turn pro, there's much more factors that goes yeah. into practice the stress right? the stress is on it then huh? <laughs> yeah there's a there's a little bit of stress but you also start to see how the the real world works like you know you find teams if it's talking stereotypes because if you're good enough which i wasn't because if not now it will still be playing i was decent level but you know when you start to become more um you find a team if your manager is also the manager of the coach that knows the mm, the, the boss of the other team there's always like there's always yeah. a little bit of politics involved in that <laughs> when the 
financial crisis kicked in in Italy, like of course it became a lot harder to to get good contracts. Yeah. And that's when uh, when I was like, okay, this is my passion. I love playing basketball, and I love it to do it professionally. Uh, sometimes I still have people telling us, like, hey, why don't you come and have play for fun? I was like, well, for me, if it's not 100%, it's not fun. That's yeah. why I've always loved it. So mm-hmm. I was like, if it's full, and that's fun for me. Yeah. Going just for it. You're going to do something, you want to do it to your, like your best of your exactly. uh, capabilities. You're not going to stick your sort of toe in the water and, exactly. and uh, not, not give it 100%. Yeah, like for me, it was always, always been like, you know, that competitive side for me has always been really important. I was like, I really love to get better. I really love, I've always loved the process of learning things. I've always loved the process, like the behind the scene more that I've enjoyed at the competition since. Like I've always enjoyed training a lot more. So yeah, I got to a point in my life where I was like, well, realistically what can i do with my future i was like i was around 22 23 so still quite young i was like if i play for the next 10 years can i afford not to do anything for the rest of my life or will i have enough saving not to have to worry or will i have enough saving to start something my own and i was like well realistically seeing how the economic scenes is going in italy i probably won't because i'm not good enough to be on the top 10 italian guys which are the one that are going to have a bright future regardless I was like, you know, anything could happen, um, any injury could stop me now, and I know nothing about the real world. I've never worked a real job for a single day of my life. Mm-hmm. I want to travel. I want to do so many more things that I want to experience right now. And uh, and just so I decide, I was like, okay, I'm not going to show up for the next season. And that's when I stopped straight well, away. <laughs> well, yeah. So, it's yeah. It's a big commitment. Well, yeah, because like... That's that's probably a common thread in my life. I've yeah. never really been for the gray zone. Yeah, it's in black or out, or, yeah, black or white. You're, either, you're this or you're that. There's no sort of dabbling in between the middle. Yeah. Well, like I think it, it, it connects to what we just said about um, when you play, you don't play for fun. For at least for me, for I've always been like, if I'm fully committed, that's how I enjoy. Yeah. And it's the same, you know. I don't want to be half in a relationship, half not. Yeah. I mean, you're I don't want to be half passionate about thing. If I am, <laughs> I am. If I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. And so, so then I was like, well, why drag? Like, I was like, yeah, I can play as a hobby, but this for me is not hobby. This has been my life for 15, 16 years. Something that I deeply love, that I still do. Yeah. Uh, I watch it sometimes. I go by myself and shoot. Yeah. And so, but I was like, I, I can't. You know, you can't be half passionate about something you've always loved. I think that's a big thing too, isn't it? Because it's like, if you know yourself with anything in life, if you give it 110%, then for whatever reason that you don't get the desired result or something doesn't work out, I think you can still lay your head on the pillow at night and know that, you know what, I gave that 100% for whatever reason. It it didn't happen or it did happen, whatever. But at least you know if it didn't happen, then there's no oh shit, I could have given it better. I, or I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. I feel like that's that opens up the door to a lot of people's um, struggles that they're dealing with life because they think they wish they could turn back the clock. You know, if they turned up and only given 60% when they knew they could give 100. So I feel like that's such a valuable um, mindset to have. Obviously having that, being involved with a lot of sport growing up, which would, would have cemented that for you, obviously. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. I mean, even the fact that you're 22, 23 back then and you're having those... You're asking yourself those big questions. I think that's it's pretty bloody amazing itself because um, to really be thinking, and especially if anyone's the younger people that are listening, that you know, ask yourself those big questions. Is what I'm doing today going to get me to where I want to be in 10 years? I feel like a lot of people can maybe just caught up living day by day and then that 10 years has come around and they're, and they're nowhere near where they maybe had thought they would want to be, but it's because they probably didn't. Yeah, ask themselves the hard questions at the time. Okay, if what I'm doing today is going to get me to where I want to be, yeah. or, and if it ain't, then you need to change that. 
I think it really goes also with the <clears throat> with the sort of environment you're around. You know, like I I don't believe in luck too much, but you need to be lucky in life sometimes with the people that you find in your path because. I've been lucky enough to have this coach when I was 14, 15, that really got me into the like the right rules. Uh, so I still have it. And I even wrote an article about it, like the three most important rules that we had to follow into the gym, which has nothing to do with technical aspect of the game, it literally mm-hmm. like behavior. And uh, so I found this person that was my coach when I was younger and excellence was not like, I mean, it was demanded. And the, the way he would train us and the way he would treat us, even though we were young, it was like as grown up adults. Yeah. And that was like, that kind of selected people. It's like, you know, so many of my teammates gave up two or three months in. Yeah. So now when you're young, I don't know how it works in other places, but in Italy, if you play for sport, like, you know, your parents have to pay like a sort of fee and they have to buy you like, you know, things for playing. Like yeah. I was playing this team in Milan, which is the, the most important team in Italy. And it's like amongst the best team in Europe. So I was playing on the junior team there when they selected me. And um, and you wouldn't have to pay any pay any fees. They would give you all the materials that you need. So like at the time, it was literally one t-shirt, one pair of pants. But for me, coming from a small team uh, outside cool, Milan, I was like, oh my god, I would treat <laughs> that material as the most precious thing I've ever had. Which like it, it gives you a lot of value because like this is the only t-shirt you have. If you lose you one practice, so you better be careful of it. You better take care of those things. Mm-hmm. It was just one t-shirt for the year. It was yeah. like, you better not lose that. Yeah. You have one skipping bro for the year, you better not break it. Yeah. So it was like, you have to take care of your things, which just sounds like a small things, but it really like, you know, it's, got, it's, it's these small things that shapes you. When you has a water break, you can't sit down, you can't lay on the wall, you stand up, you drink, you put your water down and you go, and everyone has to stick to the rules. If you don't stick to the rules, you're out. Yeah. You train every day, but you have to bring your grades into your coach every time you get grades. And if your grades are not good, you're out of the team. Yeah. So they, like, you know. Yeah, that's it, awesome. If you find the right people when you're younger, with this guy like you know i'm still in contact at the beginning i was really scared when i was a kid about yeah, <laughs> this yeah, guy yeah. i was like this is the most precious person i've ever met and you know like a person like that can really shape because when you're young your brain's literally a sponge so if you're yeah. going through someone that gives you the right values the right behaviors and the right attitude you can really change the way you're going to live the rest for of sure. your life as opposed to someone that doesn't care show up for coaching without really like you know care about you and your future as well you can put someone in the right on the wrong path especially when they are so young (laughs) kids are so easily um i I say it was programmed i mean you're watching a bit at the moment with your partner that dispenser and that's what we talk about the programming they're programming and then to act a certain way to have certain values and beliefs from that that young age and they're only small things like you say but Okay, you implement them with your training, but then you also implement them with your life. And I mean, then that's what really shapes you um, and the path that you can walk to have, have success. Absolutely. It was like, you know, small things like you can't be late, period. I don't care if there's traffic, you can't be late. Mm-hmm. And for us, if it was, if practice was at 5 p.m., if you were not there by 4.50, that's late because yeah. 10 minutes before it's on time. Yeah. Anything before that, it's late. So, you know, it's just small, small little things that then stay with you with the rest of your life. Another thing for him was like, you know, if we tell you something, it's not about you personally. It's about like something that you've done wrong. So it's not you're wrong as a person, but mm. your behavior or your technical gesture, whatever they be, is wrong. So it teaches you to take criticism, which is something that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, like yeah. I I strive for feedback. So if I do a podcast that is bad, I want people to tell me. If I, yeah. my snatch is bad, I want people to tell me. But so many people have these like, <gasps> you're talking. It's like, no, I'm just trying to correct that single behavior, which 
that that movement might be bad. It's not that you're a bad person. Mm. It's just that movement's bad. So we try yeah. to correct that. You know, yeah. it's just so small things that if it goes right into your brain, then can carry over and yeah. just really shape the way the way you live life, approach relationship, approach everything. Really, positive feedback. That's right. I think a lot of, like you said, a lot of people are very sensitive to. Um, well, they think it's criticism, but at the end of the day, if you are, are helping them or, or showing them where they can be better, I mean, that's a gift, isn't it? I mean, you're thinking, you know, if you're helping them with your snatch or like whatever you said about, well, this is um, feedback. How can I be better when you're on this yeah. path of excellence, chasing excellence? It's like we're never trying to be perfect, but we all, we can always be better um, yesterday, than, yeah. uh, better tomorrow than we are today, so to speak. Yeah, they say like you know if someone stopped correcting you it's because they gave up on you sort of so it's like <laughs> you want someone that is on your neck the whole time and uh i don't know like if it was really hard like brutally hard on us like really like i was like looking back now i was like wow that guy was really tough but i'm like we all love him now yeah. like when i talk to my old teammates like you know we're all spread around the world right now we haven't seen each other in 10 years because because of different careers and lives that we've had and when we look back now, I was like, yeah, I was so scared of that guy because he was like the, the serious coach. I was like, literally no one has given me so much as much as him. Like, mm. it was really hard. It was really tough. But I was like, you have to appreciate people that really give everything they have to try to make sure that you do right. Yeah. And and uh, I guess, like, looking back from that, what you learned then and those, those things that you obviously implemented or the coach implemented at that time and then what you've kept with um, over the years that have brought you sort of your um, success in your life and whatnot, what would you, for the listeners, I guess, uh, we talk about the simple things, but the powerful things. I mean, it starts off with some mindset things or some like routines. What are some, uh, what are a couple like, you know, big key factors that you'd like to share uh, for people that could take some value out of that? Well, I, I think one of the most, uh, the most things like from him is like what we said before, like not settle for anything that is below what you are capable of mm. and um, always trying to progress. Like you're never going to sit still. And I think that's like that whole thing of like, you know, you need to be passionate about what you do. You need to like, you know, do something. You can't do anything great if you're not passionate about it, sort of, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I said before. Like, I was like, you know, no one had to tell me that I need to practice during summer. I knew that I had to do if I wanted to be good at it. And I think that's the that, sort of things that he transmitted us. Uh, the, be passionate, do the extra work, be, find something that you really enjoy and do that. Like it yeah. could be anything because like even at the time it was applied to basketball, but it could be a, applicable to any, anything else. And so probably that's when I, when I stopped playing. And um, so while I was playing, I was also studying. Uh, I started with like philosophy at the beginning. Uh, I never thought about like, you know, teach philosophy. I was just passionate about the subject because I've always Wonder enjoyed like, you know, how people think and how the mind work. So I was like, that was just my my pleasure reading and studying on the extra. But I've also done a few finances courses and stuff. So when I got myself after basketball to work in finance, I was like, everything that I've always preached and everything that I've always valued completely disappeared. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's a different industry, isn't it? It's a complete different industry. I'm definitely not passionate about it. I was just doing it for, you know, a good paycheck. Yeah. And uh, I think a common thing in my life is that every time I've realized that I'm capable of something, I get bored. <laughs> yeah. I've had a lot of time, really hard time to enjoy uh, things that I've achieved because yeah. I've always enjoyed the process of achieving much more than achieving itself. Yeah. 
And uh, so same with this job, like, you know, I was the young kid in the office because I was 22, 23, just right after I finished basketball, things were going pretty well. I was doing great. I was making a good salary and uh, I got a promotion in like record times. And I had one person working for me and then like record time, got my second promotion. I would have two more people working for me. So three people working for me, my own office and everything. And the yeah, day well. they gave me that, I resigned. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was stopped the it stopped me completely because um no we've been talking so much now about like things that makes you passionate things you believe in and everything and i was like okay at the time i thought my priorities were like i want to make good money mm-hmm. so that was my top thing and i fell into that afterwards again yeah. <laughs> it was like my top thing is making good money and then i did not prioritize like any time for myself any time for enjoyment any time for my family any time for my partner at the time any time for my friends any time for my training any time for nothing it was yeah. literally all about Just that money. And when I reached out, I was like miserable. <laughs> my relationship falling <laughs> apart. My body was horrible. Like yeah. nothing of that was working. I was like, if I take this promotion right now that I'm 23, 24, uh, 20, yeah, 22, 20, I'm confusing the age, but like I was around that age. I was like, if I get this promotion right now, it means that I'm going to start settling where I am. I'm going to start probably to get a house and probably start to do like all the things that they ever, everyone tell you to do. Find a girl, get a house, yeah, buy a car, blah, blah, blah. White picket fence and have kids <laughs> and all that, yeah. It's like all the things that I said that I value. So like traveling, go around and discover like freedom and all that. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to give it all. I'm going to give all that up for a paycheck. Yeah. I was like, and then I start to think, I was like, do I see myself in this position for the next 40 to 50 years? Because I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Because they were all talking for me about this career project that was going to get me, you know, in five years there, in 10 years there to eventually go there and retirement. So I was like, talking about my retirement plan and I'm 20. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I want to commit for so long to something that I'm not even passionate about. So yeah, the day that they gave me the, the promotion, I was like, you know what? I quit. Like, yeah. I'm not going to do this because the second that I'll say yes, I'm going to just put myself like gold handcuff. Yeah. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be stuck here. And yeah. that was at the time was a bit shocking move because I know I would see that coming. Or <laughs> Well, it goes to show how, how um, wise you are beyond your years at that age too. Like I said, to be asking those questions um, and to really be contemplating the future and, and really then bringing it back to the present it's like, okay, well, is this where I really want to be in 20 years or even 50 years? I mean, it seems like a long way away, but I mean, that's going to give us insights to whether or not we are on the path that is going to give us the true fulfillment because I was the same. Like I'd chased the money in the business for, and worked hard and I did enjoy it in the early on, but then when it become all about, you know, just making money and the more you get, the more you want, then the more you know, more uh, equipment you um, uh, require, the more you want to get. And it's like, that's when you, it is and everything else, your money and your finances seem like they're in order, but everything else around it is falling apart, like your yeah. relationships, your friendships, your mental health, all these sort of things. I feel that one practice where you're talking about, which you've done twice now, obviously, when you're just asking yourself that question, is this really what I want or is this where I really see myself? And then straight away, that, by having that uh, inner in knowing, it's like, well, no, and then that's obviously give you the, um, the push to take action. Like, oh, well, no, fuck this, this is not, this is not for me. You know? Absolutely. And um, I think this also goes back to what we said at the beginning, like the importance that the environment of the people around you are. Like I remember my high school. So I come from like a public high school just outside Milan in a really crappy city, a really crappy high school, like nothing to be proud of, really. Yeah. And it didn't really give me any base for, for nothing, honestly. Mm. Like it was, yeah, it was not great. But we had this professor of history and philosophy 
And unlike, like most of the professors just come in, sit down, read the book. If you get it, you get it. If not, you don't. It's just like, you know, <laughs> routine job. And I understand that they're underpaid in this place. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. can you be passionate about anything of that? Mm-hmm. And that's probably also something that's subconscious. I was like, I don't want to end up in that situation of something. And also because I live in a different era, like for them, traveling and working online, all those things were not a thing. But now, right now we have all the all the things that we need for that. But this professor, he was like, he was really passionate about his job. Uh, he never just sit down and read us something. He would just talk us about everything. We never use a book with him. He would just talk and interact with us and make us make sure that we would write notes. So the whole lesson was really interactive. That's probably when I got passionate about philosophy. Mm. And philosophy is literally all about how the mind works, how people think differently, how the the thinking has evolved from the beginning of time until now. Yeah. And probably that the whole thinking process is something that gives me like a little bit of like, you know, let me go a little bit deeper into things a little bit more. Yeah. But not because I'm a cool kid that I'm a deep. It's just because that person that was in my life early on was so good to install that in myself. Same as that coach that was so good when I was young, installed that in myself. And if you find like two or three positive examples when you're young, uh, my mom, I grew up with a single mom with me and my brother. She was like a hardworking mom all the time. Uh, She brought like both of us to practice every day, driving 20 minutes for both. She was running businesses by herself. She opened her first shop when she was 17. So she was a really hardworking mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you find two, three good examples around yourself. So it's like, okay, this is how we need to do things. That, that really can shape the way you grow up and approach everything as opposed as, you oh, know, sure. three bad examples. And then you mm-hmm. fly, oh, this, this is how we do it. It's like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's re- I have friends like in the same environment, but they would choose to just chill and smoke mm-hmm. or do drugs. I have friends that have been in jail when they were 14. Yeah. So that's what I meant. I come from bad high school, <laughs> bad place, but the people around me, so the people that took me away from there and showed me like, you can play basketball and live life like that. You can work like that. You can yeah. study like that. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Showed you a different alternative, huh? It showed you different, yeah. there's, there's a different path. I mean, that's why the Asia right now is very exciting too for like, because there's so oh, yeah. much good stuff around. There's obviously so much you know, yeah. ne- <laughs> negative stuff too, but I mean, it does give us the ability. And like you said, like, we are most like they say like we're most likely our five people that we hang around the most, and the beauty about this is like with obviously podcasts, YouTube, uh, audio books is that we can create that we can create that five people to be whoever. Yeah, <laughs> we don't, they don't have to be in our physical life like we don't have to be friends with them or whatever, but we can subscribe to their uh, their channel or buy their audio books. You can watch them on YouTube. I mean, there's you know follow them on Instagram. Uh, I feel like that's that's such a um, amazing thing about the technology, but then yeah. also. We have to have the willpower, and we have to have the, I guess, the the mindset to really check ourselves and know, okay, well, you know, is this? And once again, back to how you ask yourself those deep questions when you're twenty in your twenties. Okay, if if what I'm doing today is that going to get me to where I want to be, five, ten, fifteen years? And if yeah. it's not, fuck, we need to take action and make changes. Yeah, and uh, that's something that also like my girl, she's really good at this, like. I've asked those things myself a few times, like, you know, when I wanted to change my life, do something different, but I've never really dig into these things more. I've always been like, I don't know if because I'm the older guy in the family, so I always had to do things. So I've always been really, I don't know if it's the right word, like pragmatic, but like, I know I need to, I need to go from A to B. I'll find the fastest and quickest and rightest way to do A to B yeah. without like checking too much, just boom, straight. <laughs> 
And um, and then when I met my girl, which is also like a crazy story the way we met and everything, like she she she's really aware of all these things. So for example, if you go into my bathroom right now, I have a mirror that I can't even see my face in it because she's post like posted everywhere <laughs> with question you should ask yourself in the morning, question for the midday, question for the night, things that you should always check on yourself, like how you're feeling, like things that you want to do, where you want to go. And that gives you like some sort of accountability because as I said, no, there's so many good things you can find around in social media and stuff, but there's also so much crap. There's too many information even yeah, sometimes, yeah, you know, co collect, <laughs> just have your your little corner of things that really matters for you. Yeah, It can be really powerful and remind you of all the things like, what am I, am I doing anything today that I actually enjoy? Because like, if it, that good, it's a no for like too long, then say probably something is wrong. And yeah. like... Living in life, uh, living in Bali, doing fitness, it doesn't mean that my life's perfect. I have those days too, as I guess you do. Mm -hmm. You know, as happens a few days, it's like, okay, this is not fulfilling. Like, this is not something that I enjoy. Like, what can I do to change that? So yeah. I think it's like, it's probably a constant progress. It's just, I, I, I say awareness is the key. And it's just being aware. It's like, once you do... Yeah, you do a certain amount of work on yourself and you get to a certain point, that doesn't mean that <laughs> that it's over with. It just means you become more aware. So you know that, okay, when something comes up and it, I'd like to say it starts to rock my boat or, or shift me, then I'm I'm aware, I'm on the ball going, okay, well, shit, what, what is this? You know, how, okay, what am I doing? What am I doing right and what am I doing wrong, so to speak? So what is the lesson here that I need to learn? Rather than sort of things coming up and they keep rocking you and then you just get into this snowball effect of, of um, you know, remaining asleep at the wheel kind of thing and then it becomes too much then all of a sudden then you're hitting the bottle or you're on the drink or, or whatever it may be um and it's kind of like and the question thing i love that when you're telling me that the other day when we we're training uh and that's what i feel like i learned that um probably five maybe six years ago with doing some work on a retreat it was about obviously asking the questions but we've become so conditioned in life to ask a question to want an answer back straight away it's like if i ask you a question then I want to know the answer. And I feel like the magic is in when we can ask the question to ourselves, to the universe, but wait for the answer. I feel like that's, you know, wait, don't, or just let the universe show you what the answer is because our mind wants to ask a question and it's like, okay, what's the answer? And then looking for it. So what? No, we'll just give it a, give it a minute, give it a day, give it a week, whatever, and wait, you'll know that answer intuitively. It's like, I feel like that's where the doors to, our true path or yeah. what the answers that we really seek are in and that and that practice really gets you to um remain more present and back your intuition because you know you're not asking a question to receive an answer logically it's because the universe doesn't work in linear so we but we've been taught like i said dark questions get answers but i feel that practice of what is it you want to achieve ask ask those questions don't rely on an answer and wait for the answer to come in through your intuition or or like um synchronicities or there's i feel like that's that's and then when you get into that flow of it that's when life becomes like fuck it's so much uh more magical because it's things will appear or a person will appear that gives you some information it's like oh shit that was right i need that or it's like all so right I, lo I love that i love that practice and then i love the the hearing that you guys are um obviously with the, with the note poster poster notes well like uh my um so my, my fiance, she has a tattoo. It's like everything happened for a reason, which I never really believed in at the time. I was like, no, if I want something, I'll make it happen. Because I told you, I was always an A to B. Yeah. I'll find a way and I'll make things happen. And I've, I've, 
like I think in a way I've always been like some sort of spiritual just because I you know the whole philosophy aspect kind of forces you to have that thinking but I've never really believed in all that I was like yeah there's some hipster like <laughs> some hippie shit. But, yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. it's not my thing at all and then when I met my girl she's she literally lives her life in everything happened for a reason if the, this thing that happened to me now is really bad or is not what I want there's a reason why it's happening right now at this place and when I will look back it will make sense yeah. And she does that all the time. And that's something that I've learned to understand I first and accept second. Because <laughs> sometimes I was like, <laughs> why dice? Why? Yeah. And then you look back and like, ah, oh, that's why. So that's why I didn't got that job. That's why, the, like, you know, that yeah. thing didn't work the way I wanted. So, like, so many times like, things happened to me. And I was like, oh, this is the end of it. Like, what happened there? Yeah. And then I found myself surprised. Like, oh, that's what's so happy that not didn't happen. So, like, <laughs> same thing. I was about to open a business in London. And then the brexit happened and we were relying a lot into import and export from italy it was like okay this place is going to be out of the, the european union now so all the law might, might change taxations as well so we can't can't take the risk we're not going to do it and it was like so bad but that got me away from london so when i was working in finance there's so much stuff i was doing i was also working with the setting up my business in london we were doing like another startup for a basketball league in italy so there was so much going on and at the time, I was like, that was that's the end of it. I was really seeing myself with this business in London. And then when that fell apart is when I, at the time, I was also training with CrossFit. And then someone mm. got me into, like, coach a class for fun. Yeah. And that's how I discovered coaching, that, which led me to come to <laughs> Bali and all the other things. And at the time, I was like, why can't I have my business in London? And I was like, that's the best thing. So if I think back now to now be in London to have this, like, restaurant, yeah. no. It'd be like was, jail. It'd yeah. be like fucking prison for you now. I couldn't yeah. back here. Yeah. I would hate it. The same happened with relationship that they always like, why? I thought this person I was like, nope. Yeah. And then you find out, I was like, oh, that's why not. Yeah. This is more out there. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so <clears throat> I, I quit my my job in finance, as I said. So I had a little bit of time on my hands. So I was just doing like some renovation at home and um, and just training at my CrossFit gym in Italy. And one day, this guy was like, "You're gonna coach the next class." I was like, "What?" coach next class i was like i never coach i was like yeah you learn today I was like oh cool <laughs> so i just started like that and uh he got me into coaching for like for a little bit of time and um then i just did all my certification i studied and i did all the things that i needed to do and i was like wow i love coaching so yeah i just took a few months off everything and then i was like well what can i do and um a friend of mine just came back from perth and he was like, oh, it's beautiful there. Like, and I've always loved the idea of living somewhere like close to the beach with nice weather. So I was like, mm. all right, this is it. What I have to lose? So I was like, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm single and young. I can do what I want. So I'll just go to Perth. So I booked my ticket to Perth. And uh, my brother at the time was living in Malaysia. And I haven't seen him in six months. So I was like, oh, cool. Malaysia is just on the way to Perth. And it was during Christmas and New Year's time. I was like, okay, I'll stop in Kuala Lumpur. For a few weeks with him you know have christmas together new year's together and then i'm just gonna keep my journey going to perth 
And uh, I didn't contact any box in Perth, although I have them all saved because I was like, I'm not going to send them my CV because at the time I was really new with coaching. I was like, well, that's not going to impress anybody. Yeah. So I was like, they're not <laughs> going to give me a job based on my CV. Yeah. You want to turn up and just start training and just get a note. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, I'm going to turn up. If they like me, they might give me a chance. I was like, I have much more chance to try to get a job like yeah. that than having my CV that I've been coaching for a little bit. Like no yeah. one is going to be impressed by that. So I didn't have a house, I didn't have a job, I had barely little money. So I was like, well, worst case, I'm just gonna go back home and find another job. Yeah. So, so that's the worst that can happen, right? And um, so I go to Malaysia and I was like, oh, right, Asia's pretty cool, I've never been in Asia before. And I was like, if I get the visa to Australia, it's not, not like you can fly in and out, you need to stay there if not your visa expires. So that would take away freedom, which is one of the things that I was prioritizing, which mm -hmm. was like traveling around a little bit. And literally, this is what happened. So I got a f um, in contact with a few people around um, um, around Malaysia, and they gave me a few options, but it was not really good to coach there. So I went on uh, Google, and I Google uh, CrossFit Box Asia. That's all I've done. And the map of the CrossFit shows up. And I remember that I literally did like, ooh, Bali has boxes. And there was two boxes at the time, S2S and Wanderlust. And never been to Bali. Uh, I don't even, I didn't even have a picture in Bali of my mind, but I've heard people, oh, it's beautiful. It was like, cool, let's yeah. go to Bali. And <laughs> it was $40 tickets. I was like, I mean, $40, I can get the tickets and just go there. So I messaged it to Jim, no one was really interested. So I just turned up, paid my, my, my membership for a week, trained with the guys, got to know the owners. And then I was like, guys, if you want me, I'll stay. If not, I'll go. And so they, they got me on a trial for a few weeks. They liked me and then things, you know, slowly evolved and what had turned to be a one, uh, one um, week holiday. Turns out to be a three and a half, four years journey. Where you, not... your, where you meet your fiance and this like... Where I met my fiance, which this is not a crazy story because the day that I have signed my contract for, for S2S, um, this guy from Malaysia was like, hey, uh, I got this friend of mine in Kotao, which just opened a box. Do you want to go to Kotao? And at the time I said, no. And because me saying no, my fiance got that job straight after that. Oh, we really? found it out later. So she got that job to Kotao that got her into the Asian circuit, that, which eventually got her to Bali. And that's how we met. <laughs> and craziest story, my fiance and I are born on the same day of the same month of the same year. We have like 30 minutes difference. Well. We were born at the same time. We kind of look alike. I mean, she has better hair than I do, but... And it's a crazy story because we were supposed to meet so many times in our life and we didn't. We were born on the same day. She got a job that I didn't want. Imagine, well, like, that's yeah. when we say, like, there's always a reason why I didn't keep that job, that why she went there and then how we found each other. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, like, the, the, the thing for me there was, like, well, you need to turn up. Like, if you want something... Like turn you can up. manifest it, you can do everything and you have to turn up. Like you have to believe you want that job. If I could have said like, oh, well, they didn't reply me from Bali. I'm just going to go and I would have missed the chance. But yeah. turning up actually gave me the, the possibility to start this journey that is still on now. Yeah. And imagine just saying like, oh, they didn't reply. I'll just go straight to Australia. Maybe I would have had a better life. I don't know. Maybe it would have been worse. I don't know. Well, but yeah, you can, <laughs> it's sort of, it's one of them things, but isn't it? But that's it. It's just turning up and knowing and like backing yourself, like you backed yourself 100%. Obviously, there would have been times where you maybe maybe have questioned yourself along the journey or things were maybe been a bit unsure, but at the end of the day, you just stuck true to going, following the energy is what yeah. I say. Oh, yeah, sure. Like you're like, oh, Bali, yep, yeah, oh, yeah, seems like fun. Boom, go to Bali. And then look what is happening from Bali. Like whether if you hesitate on that or if you had a 
thought, oh, no, I shouldn't because I'm supposed to go to Australia. Or there's a million things of why you could have yeah. come up with why you shouldn't go, but you were like, nah, fuck it. Bali but is- you know, deep down, all right, like everything happened for a reason. And deep down, like when we were talking last day, I was like, deep down, you know what you want. Like if you don't know, just imagine to flip the coin yeah. and cross is one answer. The other side is the other <laughs> answer. Like when you catch that coin, a little bit of you know what you which, really which, want. Which one you want, yeah. And uh, yeah, and I think also like having confidence in what you want, like, you know, people that have a little bit more of confidence, I know it's hard for someone to have, but like, you know, if you really want something, like people feel that. If you show up to a job that you really want, that you know, like, hey, can you just hire me? Like, I really would like, oh, you don't want it's it that right. much. There's, if you really want it, like there's, there's some sort of vibe that you create around yourself yeah. and people like buying to that. Well, it's a belief, isn't it? You're believing in yourself. And I love the fact that, what you prepared to do, you're like, you know what, if I send in my CV, you knew it's like, hey, my CV doesn't, um, it doesn't give what I know I've got. Yeah. So that, that way you're prepared to go, no, nah, that's why I want to turn up and I want to train there, I want to meet these people because what's on paper, I know I, you knew that what you are is more than what's on paper. And I feel like that's such a, a valuable and awesome piece of advice, wisdom, uh, richness of the stories because Rather than say you're putting that down, but if you got the belief in yourself, that belief comes through in your aura. You turn up to that box. Yeah, you may have only been coaching for two months, but you know, well, I've been doing CrossFit for a few years. Like I feel, I feel like if I'm going to do something, I give them my best. Turn up there, meet the people. They're going to feel your energy. They're going to feel you as a person. Then if they check your CV, it's like, well, hey, they get a vibe from the person. It's like, oh, that's okay. Well, you know, let, let's we'll do something. G- give you a chance. Exactly. And even then, it's still again like the people you meet. Because I saw, <laughs> so my English at the time was a lot worse than it is right now. I could still speak because ever since I was 15, I was playing with foreigners for basketball, and I'm always like, you know, if you like NBA, you live in Italy, you're going to listen into in English, yeah. and then you live into that hip hop culture that connect to basketball so i had some english but it was really bad so i remember my first cv now i looked at it like a few months back and i texted i was like i don't know how you hired me because <laughs> i was like it was horrible and even like me speaking i remember like few conversations that we had mm-hmm. and i saw the messages within back then i was like oh my god my english was horrible but he saw something that went past that it was like mm-hmm. oh i don't care about the experience i don't care about your cv and everything so once again i was lucky enough to also f- find the right people for for my journey and everything and I, I think that's also something that you start to attract at some point yeah I don't see that's the thing with luck I don't think that people say oh you're lucky but I, I don't believe that um, yeah we, we create our own luck is my belief anyway through yeah. how, how we turn up so but yeah I mean it's it is right so oh, you got lucky with that but it's like if you look back on for that thing that someone says or even you think oh I got lucky there but it's like well you can always find or see how that you attracted that situation or person or because it's everything is energy so we vibrate on a particular frequency and then we can be attracted to everything on that frequency so if we are vibrating on a higher frequency then we're going to attract the relationships the people the opportunities um on, on, on which is on that frequency it's really simple like one day you buy uh, let's say a white car all of a sudden, how many white cars do you see in the street? <laughs> so many, right? All you see is white cars. All huh? you see is white cars. Yeah. Just because you start noticing that more. So the day that you start to go around with like people that vibrate in a certain way or that prioritize certain things or that make you behave in a certain way, and then all of a sudden you start to meet more people like-minded like that, right? Yeah. You get yourself into the right environment and those yeah. people, the more you know and... Uh, that's the thing also, like, the more you know, the more you feel like you don't know. That's the, the, other, the other philosophical thing that I always got myself into is this, like, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know how to describe it well, but like in philosophy, there's these like I know not to know. So yeah. the more you know, the more you realize there is to know, and the more you feel unhappy and unfulfilled because you feel like oh, I thought I knew. I don't know anything. <laughs> then you know more, and he was like oh, I thought here, I and still I don't know. Yeah. So there's always like it's been a hard balance of like knowing enough. Yeah. Or find like happiness. Like, when do you find happiness if you never know enough? Yeah. And that's something that I got myself into like a few months ago. I was thinking about it. Yes. It's such a, that's I've heard the same one. It's like, uh, the more I learn, is the more I learn how much more I need to learn, so to speak. I guess, what are some, um, maybe some books or some audio books? Obviously, you spoke about your um, coach when you were young at the time, was a big influence. And then obviously, the philosopher, the. the yeah. Uh, the professor but what like as far as your self-development journey that you've sort of been on what are some for the listeners i guess you know if you can give maybe a couple of pivotal it may have been an audio book or it might have been a youtube clip of someone in particular or something that you've uh over the sort of last few years that's really helped you uh, on this path yeah i guess just some a couple of go-tos well like there's there's so many so for example you can go like something that I, I love to, to listen at and that I also give to my, my clients online uh, on their rest day. So they just they go, they don't just get lazy. Like there's so many good TED Talks that you can listen to. Yeah. There's so many platforms, so many podcasts that you can listen to according to whatever you're into. There's podcasts that talk about like scientific strength blocks for weightlifting. Yeah. Uh, there's podcasts that talk about health and fitness. There's podcasts that talk about nutrition. There's podcasts that talk about mental health. It really depends what, what subject you want to, to go. This podcast to talk about everything. To be honest, for me, the biggest shift is when I met my partner. Because that's the person that I spend the most time with, the person that I have the most interaction with. The, yeah. And I think that the main shift for me in, uh, you know, my, in, in looking after my health, in looking after my food, in realizing my values a little bit more, because I've always had these ideas, but they were a little bit more confused in my head. And then when I met her, she just put a little bit more of order yeah. in, inside all my thinkings and my values and my belief system and all of that. And I really think my partner is the most important influence that I've had on yeah. this. And um, I love that she has never tried to change anything in me or that she has never tried to push me to believe in anything. But yeah. she always just like when I was curious about something, she just explained it to me. And uh, one thing that she asked me every day is like, did you learn anything today? So yeah. like that's every day push you to grow for some self-development. That could be anything. It doesn't have to be related to one particular subject. Did you learn something. anything today? Mm -hmm. It could be like, yeah, today I went on a podcast video and I learned how to tune in the microphone and I didn't yeah. know it yesterday. It's just a thing that that's I've learned it. today. Yeah. But um, yeah, like there's, there's so many things like... Um, I've listened to so many audiobooks, so many books that I've read and stuff. Like, and... You know, it's also it's also really individual and really personal because like, we're all like on a really different journey. So I could tell you like, hey, listen to this podcast; it's great for you. It's like, well, but I needed to lose some weight, not to get like some mental strength. It's like, you know, <laughs> it, can, it can be, uh, it can be relative. Really, yeah. But one thing, for example, like uh, I went to I went in Dubai. They invited us to to watch um, like. It was Nick Vujicic, the the speaker, the guy with no legs and no arms, like he has no limbs. He's a motivational speaker. It was really powerful to, to look into him. So I dig a little bit more into into his speech. And then there was like Tony Robbins, which at the time I was like, this is so bad. Like I remember mm -hmm. after his his thing, I was like, all this that eat. So we've been dancing for an hour. But, <laughs> but then when I actually did some of his audiobooks on uh, on uh, on Spotify. And if you actually listen and you take the time to sit down and write and do yeah, all exercise. those exercises, you know, it could be the first step 
just have like you know a better picture of where you are at the moment yeah and then you can go on something that is a little bit more maybe deeper or personal and everything but that could be for example like easy first step mm. for some people to start to you know to see to start to put the it puzzle down. together that's what something i uh, i never did and i still can be better at it but is putting things down on paper and really structuring um getting it out getting your thoughts on paper getting your ideas getting your plans everything written on paper i used to think no i've got it in my head like i've got an idea what's going on in my head you got that but i feel as it offers a different um perspective and a different sort of um result when you actually start to apply the time to write things down i mean the gratitude things is so important to, to write them down and obviously to go back and relive that moment or why, why you're grateful for that rather than just having it in your head and sort of doing it thinking about it and reliving it yeah it's okay but i think when you're actually writing it down it makes you more accountable you're more present yeah that's um, the thing the accountability part right because mm. it's so easy to cheat on something that doesn't exist yeah so <laughs> it's true so you no know, one's got to know right either because it's no like one, a, yeah if you wanted to make this amount of money at the end of the month and you fail no yeah, one knows because no you never wrote it down or if you wanted to do, achieve anything it's the same thing of training together mate like we had a workout last day on the bike and push-up and i was dying like i would have stopped a few rounds before the end but you were there so i couldn't stop because yeah. you were going till the end so you kept me accountable on that thing and it's the same thing, like, you know, for my, my fiance and I, of course, she started this because I had no idea about it. But now we have our goals written down. Uh, she's much better than me at this. I'm, I'm trying to catch up. But yeah. everything is written down in our wardrobe. So when you open the wardrobe, literally everything that you need to do is written there. Yeah. And you see it every day. You think about it. You start to believing in it. Like how many times you tell yourself something so many times that you actually end up believing in that. Yeah. And it works the same way for these things, right? If you believe that you're worth this or if yeah. you believe that you will go on to live there or if you believe that that's your life and you see every day and it's detailed. Yeah. So many people are like, oh, I want to earn a lot. You know, what's a lot? <laughs> what's a lot? <laughs> I want to live in a warmer country. Which one? Like in Saudi Arabia or Bali? Like, where do you want to live? But they're both warm. Yeah. You know, that's, if it's if it's specific and it's really specific and detailed goal, and you have a timeline and you have like a logical framework approaching and break it down. Like, yeah. what's the steps that I need to do to achieve that? And you have to keep yourself accountable. And having a partner, like for example, in my case, that knows what you want and you know what she wants, and you you're on the same journey, like on a different journey, but on the same time. Yeah keep each other accountable i think that's really extremely valuable mm. and you go go around again to like finding the right people yeah and i guess we can share a little bit about too obviously you've been uh plant-based now for how long have you been over a year or yeah around a year now yeah how's it been for your like have you found a trend the transformation like uh, what you've taken out of it and what you feel how it's given you so much more of life of obviously yeah i guess share a little bit about that yeah, I think that's a, that was another journey that I had. Um, like it was starting to live according to my values. Mm -hmm. uh, I've tried to go plant-based like four or five years ago at the time. And uh, I thought it was a diet. So I was like, all right, let's just have salads for, <laughs> for a few months. Uh, it was miserable, mate. Like uh, no, no strength, no nothing. I didn't know what I was doing. I just completely changed my lifestyle without having any idea on how to. Yeah. And I was like, oh, if this is being plant-based, it's, it's horrible. So I'm not going to do that. 
And then uh, I met my fiance, so she completely broke the stereotype of being plant-based because you always see the plant-based people as like those skinny, weak people in the corner of the room. And then you meet her, she's like a strong, viking, muscular, big, lifting, heavy girl. So I was like, oh, right. (laughs) Now we're talking. I was like, how do you do that? Because she definitely looked better than me and everything. I was like, okay, so you're clearly eating better than I do. I've never really been consistent with my eating because I've always enjoyed a lot of stuff. And... um, and even then, when I approach it first, I approach it as a diet. And then when we start to work a little bit more, I, I realized that it was not really about the diet aspect, aspect. So I've never cared about the protein intake or the absorption of protein that comes from lentils as opposed to it comes from beef. So I was like, that's not what I prioritize. Mm-hmm. I realized that what I was always, I've always been against. So when you see those videos in slaughterhouses, like I think no one's enjoying them, right? Mm-hmm. And I've always thought like, Hey, but th- that doesn't happen with my meat. My my animals are <laughs> so happy to live in a paddock somewhere. And, yeah. Exactly. So I was always like, you know, it, I think it, there's such a big disconnection from what we have in our plates and how it ends up in our plates and the whole process. And we always tend to deny it because we all know deep down that it's bad. And you don't want to think that that happened because of you. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, I was like, well, I really don't like it feel, makes me feel bad. Like I love my dogs. And if I see a cow in the street here in Bali, I'll pet it. If you ask mm-hmm. me, like, could you stop it? I was like, no. And I'll, if I see you doing it, I'll try to stop you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it, it feels like it's just so disconnected what I believe to the way that I behave. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's, it's just unbalanced. Uh, how can I fix that? So yeah. I was like, well, the only thing that I can do is to make sure that I don't support an industry that I'm completely against. Yeah. And um, especially living in Bali makes it really easy, right? I started when I was in Dubai, which is a little bit harder to find good uh, plant-based options because you can find it, but everything is really uh, over-processed, so it's not probably the healthiest way he- to... Yeah, you can still eat plant-based, but you can still be unhealthy too, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. With- that's, that's one of the topics that comes up all the time. Like, you could literally, like, if you eat your MacBook right now, you literally <laughs> had a plant-based meal because there's no animal in it, right? But I wouldn't recommend you to have your MacBook for lunch, but there's so many ways to be plant-based and do it wrong. Yeah. And uh, like yesterday, no, I had, like, a burger, which is, yeah, was plant-based. Was that the healthiest option on the menu? Absolutely. Mm. It would mm. be like a diet based on uh, super processed food. No, like everything that, of course, is raw is much better. Yeah. But, you know, I think also all this processed food, because I've asked myself and I was like, because you hear so many times, like, so if plant-based food or vegan food is so good, why do they try to make food look as much meat as possible? Mm. Uh, well, that's a fair point. Yeah. And I think it's because, like, you know, we've, if you've been doing something for, in my case, for 27 years, some people might 30, 35, 40, or 50, or 60 years, it's really hard to give up on something you've been doing for mm-hmm. so long. So if I present you an alternative that looked the same and tastes the same, it might be a little bit easier for you to transition. Yeah. So that should be your transition phase. It should not be your daily diet, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, and another thing that always comes up with plant-based is like, ah, oh, but you always eat those burgers. And I was like, well, that's kind of like, it's not, that should not be the rule, right? If you eat meat, you don't eat McDonald's every day, right? Yeah. That's, that's not the rule. You have your cheat meal maybe every now and then, but the rule is that even if you eat meat, you try to eat something that is a little bit more healthy and yeah, balanced. Healthy options. And that's the same with plant-based. Yes, we do have anything. You can eat as unhealthy as you want. That should not be your, yeah. your rule. So. Yeah. So for me, like, yeah, it has never been about the, the calories, the, the taste, or, or anything like that. Or at least it was the beginning. 
and that's why it didn't last because yeah. it was a diet and and a diet don't last much no. <laughs> and now it's a lifestyle because i've decided that that goes against my values and my morals and my values and morals don't change every month yeah if i'm against something that i i personally don't consider right i'm not going to change my mind next month mm. have you noticed like your sleeping recovering like your training and all that sort of stuff you felt obviously night and day differences of when you've sort of got dialed in because that's important thing to touch on like when you mentioned the previous time was you did it but i feel like with plant-based to be successful at it or to really still be a healthy plant-based athlete or healthy plant-based human that that comes you got to do a lot of work in regards to information you got to know your foods you got to know what to eat or and and what foods are good for certain things i feel like that's because i've obviously um dabbled in it or i did it i was a good vegan for 18 months and but before that i tried it when i was um on i would call myself an unhealthy um, vegan at the time because <laughs> I was not eating the meats but I mean my and I was depleted and I felt like shit but I was in my head I thought I was doing the right thing but I didn't have the information or I didn't have the knowledge yeah to like to, to get it right I guess yeah I think that's of course a big part right if you don't know what you're doing there's not a there's not a really a lot of chance you'll do it right imagine mm. like someone that has never done a training program to start doing a training program for themselves so it's probably going to take them a while before they get <laughs> results and they're probably going to hurt themselves a few times and that's the same with the diet right if you don't yeah. know what you're doing and out of nowhere you just start improvising a new lifestyle just it'll so probably much. take you long before you get it right yeah. So, um, so yeah, of course it took a little bit of an adjustment because it's something that I've been doing it for, like I've been eating everything, meat and cheese and like, I, I'm, I used to be not that healthy of a person. Like I used to eat like really bad. I've even been a smoker for a few years of my life. So, you know, and, um, so for me that the transition at the beginning was like, all right, I'm just going to eat. I'm just not going to eat animal products. So I'm just anything that was vegan. I kind of connected to my, oh, that's healthy. And then my gift was like, that's not healthy. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Drowned in canola oil and all that. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's you know, it, it can still be really unhealthy. So, of course, it took a little bit of an adjustment. Uh, I think I have been under eating at the beginning because the volume needs to be a lot much when you get your calories coming from a source that is not uh, from animals. So I have been under eating. I drop a little bit of weight. Of course, you drop a little bit of strength as well. Um, it was not too bad. Um, I have then, like, adjust as I need it so you start to see like how your body reacts and everything and um, to be honest now it's it's great like ever ever since after that ever since I came back uh, I've re-PR'd all my lifts so my strength is still back then one major thing things that I've noticed so um, it was like the lack of inflammation so I remember doing like training sessions in which I would wake up the morning after especially like my shoulders or my elbows or my wrist being really like sore yeah. that if I have to go like you know overhead stuff or things like that my joints would be like really stiff yeah. and I, I haven't had that in a long time now yeah, well. so I think that's that on a health aspect I think that's what has what I've changed the most like I never had that bad joints tendon soreness that, I, that I've yeah. had few times Uh, it was not like a daily thing but i remember having it and i remember not having it for long and uh do you track your sleep or anything like that do you have uh like any apps or or device where you no no i don't i don't track that uh i try to go to bed every night like 
latest 10 30 yeah. 10 30 i used to be a little bit better at that and going a little bit earlier like when i was in dubai i was in bed 9 9 30 because i would also wake up at 4 30 every morning yeah, yeah. now i try to go down bed at 10 30 and wake up around six every day yeah. so you notice your sleep improvement like well i sleep you? like a baby yeah. like uh, i, I sleep good i think like uh what has been connected now, especially after the Game Changer movie, like everyone expect to go plant base and a week after to be able to fly and run through walls. <laughs> it's like the plant based like it's gonna make you a superhuman, yeah. which I think is like even then it's probably just something to show you that there's a chance for you to still live and thrive and be strong even on a plant based diet. No one said that you can't be strong on a meat based diet, but yeah. you also said well before we always thought you couldn't. Now it turns mm-hmm. like you can. It's an alternative, yeah. So they they've probably hyped up the message and everyone think like oh plant based in two weeks I'm gonna sleep like a baby, run through the wall, <laughs> I'm gonna be superhuman and I can fly. It, was, oh, it doesn't really happen like that. I think it's gonna be more like a long term sort of. You're probably going to go more chances. You're going to go backwards a couple of steps before you go forwards again, right? Like when you take that. But ultimately, knowing that you're, you're going to be healthier and you're going to be obviously timing to detox and, and process, yeah. um, you're giving your body the chance to, to get itself um, to yeah, eliminate whatever it needs to eliminate. So, yeah. yeah, it's not going to be a quick fix pill. And it shouldn't be that either because with that, like you're saying, we obviously having your partner – um, and a lot of her knowledge and wisdom around that helped with you. So it's definitely something that it, it needs the time to address and really be an understanding yeah. of your foods and what you should be eating, what you should not be eating. It's not like, yeah, because I think you've got to be a lot smarter uh, with plant-based than you do with without too. Oh, because that's, that's kind of new, right? So when you're born and you start eating, like same for me and my family, I never really questioned what my family gave me. I just mm. ate what I've always ate. Mm. And then all of a sudden, when you go plant-based, people are like, oh, did you research your food? It was all, did you research yours in the first place? Like, you know, (laughs) you know, I've never researched my food when I was a meat eater. I just ate what my family gave me to eat ever since I was a kid. I was on the plate, yeah. And then all of a sudden, when you change your diet, everyone's so concerned about your food. But I think that's one of the positive things about now, like with this movement, like, plant-based versus non-plant-based is like it raised the debate on a little bit of like, how do we eat? So how, like, you know, it's really important what we Mm. do. Uh, how do, how our food comes like how is it processed like how much impact do we have on other yeah. beings on like on the planet on everything else is like i think it, it raised the conversation then I, I believe like i i have so many good conversations with people that think it differently from me and we can still like you know be friends i really yeah. don't like those conversations where we always have to be enemies and no. like how do right you right there's so much of that hate already which yeah. is not something that I, that's good for me but no. yeah definitely like the that game changer movie or the whole movements of plant-based people that is raising right now which is it's growing all the time as it's good because it brings up you know things that yeah. were hidden before yeah. or you know big corporates or slaughterhouse could get away with stuff that now can't anymore yeah. so everyone needs to raises like, the awareness on all that that's the biggest thing oh, that's with everything the more you talk about like when you're a kid and you get fed food and we just take and we eat it we don't ask questions that's happened with everything in our lives. Like we just we, whether we're growing up in an environment, we see our parents or the adults there doing something, and then we just take that as what it's supposed to be, and that's how we do it. Like I feel that whole taking a step back and starting to really question, okay, what is it that I'm doing, and how is this really impacting me in my life, and then really look see was this really what I want? I feel like just that that process there is it will bring so much change to people's lives because we take things 
uh, and, we, and like if we start to really question our beliefs, okay, why do I actually believe that? And where did it even come yeah. from? That opens up the opportunity for us to think, well, fuck, why do I even believe that? <laughs> or then That's I, how society evolves, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, well, who told me that? I mean, we get in this program of like, we buy something and then we just take that and they might run for us for five or 10 years and without us, and it could cause us all sorts of heartache. And then I feel like that for me in my own journey in recovery has been a massive tool that has helped me to be able to start to question, okay, well, why, why do I actually do this? And, you know, where do I actually learn this from? And is this actually, is this, is this um, helping me or is this uh, causing me problems? And I feel like when we get into that whole questioning our, our values or our beliefs, then that opens up the avenue to really change. It's, it's uh, if you ask why, we had a seminar with Travis Ewart, he's the head coach of gymnastics for Invictus. And his way of teaching gymnastics is for CrossFit. Is really different than the way most of CrossFit or coach teach gymnastics because they teach gymnastics for gymnasts. So it comes out sometimes. Uh, his way of teaching keeping is really different. And uh, it doesn't tell you to be as tense as they normally teach you. And uh, it was like, some people are like, no, you have, to be, you have to keep tension. And it was like, why? Tell me why you need to keep tension. Where? Tensions in my feet, in my shoulders, in my abs, my, where's tensions? Yeah. When you ask why, some people start to think, it's like, Oh, like, did you say, because they've heard it, right? <laughs> yeah. When I told my mom that I went plant based, she was like, oh, but like, you need meat. And I was like, why? I was like, can you explain me the, the reason why? Yeah. If you, and she was like, well, because it's, it was not really scientific explanation. <laughs> you know, like, I love my mom, but it's just she didn't know any better. Yeah. yeah. And so she gave me whatever she thought was the best for me. Is that what she provided me for? Yeah. So, and then as we evolve as a society, we start to learn that there's a different way to do things and there's other possibilities. So it's not against it. It's just mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, how people evolve. And when you start to ask yourself, why? Why do I need milk? Why do I need that? Okay, how is that coming from? Can I do anything different? Is, is, there, is, there, another, is there another alternative? Is there another option? Exactly. So if you start to ask people, when people tell you something, like, but why is that? Mm. And see if they actually have, you know, something to really back it up. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, but... As we said, for me, like, you know, uh, the the whole plant-based thing and everything is really, even if I knew that nutrition-wise, having a steak would be better for me than have a plant-based dinner would boost my performance, I still wouldn't care. Mm -hmm. Because it's not the reason that got me into that. So the reason why I decided to change is not to get more proteins or blah, blah, blah. It's Mm -hmm. just because ethically, Mm -hmm. it's closer to what I... Mm -hmm. So even if you tell me like, hey, if you eat a steak, you're going to PB your clean for five kilos. Well, I don't care. Yeah, It's not it's worth for me yeah. price to pay to get my five kilos extra. Or it's not worth the price to pay to satisfy my taste or whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's just because it, it touched me on a different thing. Yeah. So if you come back to me with protein intake, is it don't really touch me because my motivation comes from another place. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It's your moral compass, right? It's putting you in that direction. It's not yeah, exactly right. And that's such a important thing like you mentioned just because um i feel like when we can treat relationships and situations with just because someone's doing something different or just because someone believes something different then that doesn't mean that we have to be disconnected we, we got something to learn from that person or that situation i feel like just because you're a plant-based and the moment i've got i'm eating some meat in my diet um we're talking that doesn't mean there's got to be a disconnection but I feel like how often in people's lives or the way they if, say if you're vegan and I'm not, then for some reason it's this can't this can't go. But it's like if we can treat relationships and and situations with what can I learn or like you said, why do you do that? Okay, why are you doing what you're doing? Oh, that's cool. Well, this is what I believe. Then it opens up 
opportunity to really have a deeper perspective on it is why you're doing the things you're doing and why someone else is doing the things they're doing. But if you just shut that door and just go, nah, you know, you, you believe something different to me, then that's got to yeah. be the end of it. But I feel like that's obviously causes fucking wars and that's the, the, the main cause of a lot of heartache within, within, the, within the world because you believe whether you're a Christian or a Muslim, then for some reason we can't get along. But at the end of the day, we are, you're a human being. You're on your journey. Very much like me, I feel like if we can treat those, um, treat life that way, then it, it has so much more to offer. You remember how we started at the beginning? It was like, don't take things personal. Mm. Like, you know, it's not don't, personal. Yeah. It's just like, just be open to like learning. But and that's like, honestly, it's like, it's such a big thing because I was like, I was really critical about the, the vegan thing. I always made fun of. And looking back, I feel a little bit stupid because I was just mocking people. I was like, that's not really fun. Like, it's, it's really bad when I see someone mm. being a bit of a bully. I think, I don't think I've ever been a bully, but I think I've had some behaves that were not necessarily nice. And then mm. when I look back and now I'm not like really proud of, I remember like kind of mocking the whole oh, thing. I was like, like, well, if I was just like, you know, a little bit more open-minded, I could still say no, but I could still say no in a different way. Yeah. Or I could just have a conversation without just trying to prove myself right instead of actually listening. Yeah. Or asking that person. Or it's even still rather than, you know, asking that person, why, why is it you do that? Or with an open heart and with, with, with understanding. It's yeah. like rather than sort of shutting that off. Yeah, I was the same. Um, and obviously, you can talk a bit about, you obviously started up this, uh, the Buffalo Project. Yeah. Um, with a good buddy of yours from Australia. With Nick. So, yeah, it's great because, like, even then, uh, Nick and I, we met really randomly in Bali one morning. I was having breakfast. They called me in from the gym. I was like, hey, we have a partner workout. We have one, we're short one person. You want to drop in? And Nick was in there. So, we, we trained together. And I met him that time. And then he left. And now we stayed in contact every day for three months. And uh, we just literally did one workout together and then we just started <laughs> talking every day. And uh, when I left Bali, I went to Dubai, he came and started coaching where I was coaching. And now that he left, I came back and started to coaching there again. So we've literally been together for like three weeks yeah. in the same place, but we've been friends for two and a, two and a half year now. Oh, yeah. And um, I was doing my online training and then he was doing his own, uh, which was called the Buffalo Tribe. I was not calling mine anything. I just had a few clients. And then when he told me that I was looking for 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 coaches to to big up the platform, I was like, "Hey, can I be the one?" So yeah. we started yeah. together. We got two more guys now, and uh, so yeah, it's called the Buffalo Tribe. What we do is we have a couple of different group programs. Uh, one is regular CrossFit training, and uh, just for anyone that want to do CrossFit, it's really it's really well designed. Nick take care of that. And it's awesome. It is also my training. So that's what I do every day. And yeah. then we have a base program, which is CrossFit, but without complex weightlifting and complex gymnastics. Oh, so yeah. you can do your CrossFit, but you don't have to be worried about barbells overhead, yeah. ring muscle-ups or any like complex like gymnastic Beginner group. sort of... Yeah, you get a, it's called base because like you get a strong base, you get all the fundamentals right, you get your power lifting right, like you know your main lifts like squat, deadlifts, press and stuff like that, but you don't have to go so technical, you just get yeah. your strength portion done, you get your conditioning, you don't have to think too much about like technical moves. And yeah. uh, what we do, we also provide individual programming. Uh, you can pick any of the coaches, me, Nick, uh, Ben on Andy. Uh, ben is also a nutritionist, yeah. so it's a... A nutritionist guy in the group, which is not plan based, so you see, we can still work in exactly. And then, uh, just now we got um, we got a program for a female only competition in Australia, 
So we do program for gyms and competition as well. So we yeah, nice. kind of try to cover everything for yeah. uh, for the training part. That's awesome. And it's it's all online, but we're gonna plan some some get-togethers from yeah. <laughs> for our members. Yeah, that's awesome. And you got a podcast too, obviously. That's the Buffalo Project. Yeah, we have the Buffalo Tribe podcast. We we try to to talk with anyone who has an interesting story to tell. Uh, we've had. Uh, uh, water ski blind world champions we've had well, games athletes we had nba player we had like a little bit of everything so awesome. anyone with an interesting story is always welcome yeah. uh, of course we tend to do something that is related to health and fitness yeah. but anyone with a cool story it's always welcome so you might be next <laughs> <laughs> thank you brother i guess talking about that course oh this is sort of similar when i wanted to start this was based on obviously trying to replicate my journey through obviously bad drugs and alcohol and, and a lot of other substance abuse through recovery. But then I was like, well, it kind of like shuts it off a bit where you can sort of take it through obviously the recovery, talk about mental health recovery, but also moving forward into like human optimization, talking to guys like yourself about coaching and, and, um, and how to be better, obviously just a better human, a better athlete, a better person. I mean, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we spoke the other day at the box, and you might want to share, like, your, um, obviously, your spiritual, uh, obviously, because this is a big part of this podcast, is because I'm very spiritual myself, I feel. Yeah. That word gets flogged to death, too. Oh, spirituality, and on your spiritual journey, and I feel like it's kind of a, it's got a lot of dogma around it, but I feel that's why I like to have these stories on with people that have their own experiences, and having your, like I said, you, you had that, uh, perception of it, it's like ah it's whatever it's a bit woo woo <laughs> shit you know what I mean so then when people like yourself have these shifts and you're like you could really see the the difference or, or the transformation that it's offered you that's why I'll get you to share your story with regards to that about your injury and then yeah um, yeah so so well yeah I had um I went to Thailand uh, for coaching into a camp and I went up on a ring muscle up it was really long stripes which I was not used to and my shoulder kind of went off but I don't know I just kind of panicked I really thought I broke my shoulder and uh, I had this like healing session which I was really skeptical about with this guy his name is Ben and uh, it's called biofuel tuning so the, the whole the whole theory behind it is that your body goes with energy and vibration so like and it does because like, without energy or electricity your brain stops your heart rate stops so <laughs> that's exactly how you stay alive so when you die is a flat line because there's no more electricity no more vibration right yeah. so if that that vibration is tuning in at the right point then of course you you can release a lot of like traumas and a lot of and a lot of things so we did that session and i could not move my shoulder at all uh we finished he checked me it was like you it was like, he was also learning so it was like i'm gonna like test on you and we went through like you know my childhood and things like that it was like i don't see like many many traumas or many things which is pretty right so you know sometimes people just trying to find traumas when there's not and it was <laughs> like it's like, it like you got you you seem pretty okay which is really true and uh as as soon as we started to go a little bit more and deeper into like recent more recent things things that worries me things that bothers me it was it was actually really accurate into a lot of stuff and i was like well you couldn't guess that it was it was really really accurate and then uh with breathing uh at the right time right frequency like good deep breath intentional breath and like my whole shoulders went on fire like completely on fire my legs my belly was tingling like not my stomach just something in my belly was really tingling it's like where all the nerves goes like the and uh, it was a crazy experience. I really didn't believe in anything of that before then. <laughs> and, uh, and then when he touched me, I was like, wow, that was, that was, that was really powerful. And, uh, you know, 
uh, I stood up off the bed, my shoulder was completely fine. Didn't have any pain whatsoever. So it was more probably like a blockage, like I feared that I was gonna get hurt and my body went into protection mode, which happens with a lot of, um, a lot of our traumas and experiences like you know if you hurt your shoulder or your knee or whatever you don't go fix it 20 years later it's still going to hurt you right mm -hmm. and if you have a trauma or something that is in you and you don't fix it 20 years later it's still going to haunt you it could be a relationship it could be like you know any experience that you've had but if you don't fix that it's still it will okay. always be there and i think it's just harder for people to relate to that because you can see a broken shoulder but you can't see a broken feeling yeah <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's you only can feel it and no one can see it around and um i think also this is part of the the reason like you know when you ask why like when i start to ask myself like why does it bother me to think about some stuff why does it bother me to like when someone tells me oh you should meditate you should do that well why does it bother me like why, why don't want to do it like why mm -hmm. why is this something that stopped me from actually go there because you know it could be like a dark cave yeah. and you don't really want to access that because you know <laughs> it might hurt you and expose you to things that you're vulnerable of right yeah and so I think that's what a lot of people try to do. They just try to like to push it down to the belly, like all those things like, fuck, I don't want to deal with it. Like it's mm -hmm. going to be painful. But if you don't deal with it, it's always going to be there. Yeah. And if you don't uh, fix your shoulder, then you don't fix your knee, then you don't fix your ankle, then you don't fix your back, you're going to be limping for the rest of your life. <laughs> and that could happen <laughs> the same to your soul, right? Yeah, well, exactly right. And then I'm a massive believer in that and through my own experiences, <clears throat> everything that is presented in my physical body as an injury or as a illness or whatever it may be, is always when I've when I've traced it back, it's all been through your emotional body, through how and that comes back to how your beliefs are, what your beliefs are based upon, why you believe um, certain things, and that's given you <laughs> give the reason as to how how I can if I believe a certain way, then I feel like that that's why I'm offended because that person's done something. If I but if I shift my belief and think that's okay, that person was just doing what they believe to be the best thing for them at the time. Yeah. Fair enough, it may have impacted me, but it's like if you, it's straight away, it just it shifts that. You know, yeah. you're not carrying that world on your shoulders, going, "No, that rude prick or that or that relationship or no, blah blah blah." It's like, well, you just shift your belief. With shifting your belief, it creates the unblockage in your emotional body, which then won't present in the physical body. It's that yeah. stuff. When you told me that story, I was like, I had goosebumps, and I was like, it's amazing when you can obviously talk to people that have had that experience too because and i was skeptical so i didn't went into that session like oh this is gonna be amazing <laughs> i went in there i was like i'm gonna prove this guy wrong <laughs> yeah. but that's even better that's why it's exactly. even more important right because that is I, I got so much sort of flack from some mates back home they're like ah i don't believe in this sort of stuff and blah, blah. and i said well you pay electricity bill don't you and they're like, yeah, and I'm like, well, that's energy. You, you can't see that. You can't physically see it. You flick on a light and it, prese it, it uh, presents light in the thing, but you can't. it's not a tangible thing. Like electricity is not a tangible thing. We, we are exactly the same, but a lot of people have a hard time sort of coming to grips with that, but I yeah. like to use that sort of analogy because it's true. I mean, people pay their bill. They don't pay their bill. They cut their power off. Yeah. You, can't, you never see one bit of electricity, and I feel like – it's kind of like a bit like the placebo effect too, but people think the placebo is a negative. It's like, well, if it works, I mean, isn't that a positive? If you're thinking that, um, think if you think something will happen and it happens, but they're saying, oh, it's only placebo, but it's like, yeah, but it did work. It, right? me, <laughs> it got me the result, whether you call it placebo. I yeah. mean, that's the same, the nocebo effect too, right? Because that just goes to show the power of our beliefs and the power that we possess to really create and to bring something into manifestation is that if we believe it can happen, it will happen. 
And if we believe it won't happen, well, fucking same goes. It won't happen. Yeah, I think this is like two main factor in all this. Like the the factor number one is that we tend think to think about health most of the time is like people go into the gym and say, well, that's not enough. If you train two hours a day, but then your stress level is over the roof, like you're emotionally broken, your sleep is shit, you're not healthy, you just train two hours a day. So you're probably healthy when your body functions, when your gut functions, when your brain functions, when you sleep well, you're emotionally fine. And in that case, you're healthy when everything in your body is good. If not, you're just, you know, you're you're strong. You lift heavy. If everything else is messed up, you're not healthy, you're just strong. Or, you know, you have a great capacity or that's it. And also the second part that you said now about your mates, I think it's really like there's always this been this taboo that all all those things were like uh, for girls or blah blah blah. So um, <laughs> same yeah. with with being plan based. So I think like it's good now to see like different like guys like you and I could be like you know tall, big, masculine guys in relationship that can still have like you know go yeah. through these things. And it happened like there's more and more and more athletes like being plan based or being aware about these uh, health issues and things like that and it kind of breaks the stereotype of like oh mm. there's like girly things or it doesn't know <laughs> well, you know we're two strong big dudes we still do our things and yeah. it does there's nothing wrong to also like you know take care of other part like you don't need to play the big boy thing because mm. then at the end of the day you struggle as much as everyone else well and more so i look back and think because, I mean, within us, obviously, we're males, but we have a 50-50. We're made of a 50 masculine, 50 feminine. Yeah. And I feel like, <clears throat> looking back, you know, when I was trying to be too masculine, I didn't have that balance between masculinity and feminine. Um, I was so I was so much more weak and vulnerable, <laughs> even yeah. though I was trying to portray myself to be some sort of strong and powerful uh, person. But because that was out of balance, it was like, internally, it was so much more of a weakness where... Oh, that's the biggest thing I've learned over the years is like by by really cultivating your, your the feminine within uh, and really being open to that because the feminine power is extremely powerful uh, and, and has a lot of really good va- um, values to it. But by cultivating that, bringing things into harmony, so much you're so much more stronger and powerful yeah. in in that present moment or in that in by having that than you are thinking that you know, you're lifting heavy weights and you sort of you know got your big guy and tattoos and blah 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 it's like if you can only look inside yeah exactly, <laughs> that person right. then you're like internally was so fucking weak and vulnerable so it's like yeah. what would you rather have would you rather have this facade of being strong or would you rather have this knowing and this power from within just being present and being and yeah, being, one is strong and one is healthy it's what we said before right you mm. need a balance of all those things otherwise it's it's never really full which yeah, is awesome. You're never really fulfilled, like 100%. Mm, for you sure. might be in some sort of level, but you always miss about miss something. And that's why I love the spiritual stuff, because that, I mean, once again, it's sort of that, it gets flogged to death, that word, but it's more becoming whole or becoming more holistic with your life, with your relationships, with everything. If you have that approach of, like you say, about your partner too, like everything happens for a reason. When you have this mentality of like, you know, things work out, they work out, that's fine. If they don't, that's, there's a reason why. And that's kind of like, it makes everything more more rich, more you feel more fulfilled, you feel more you have more compassion and loving and understanding. And that and those aspects is what ultimately makes us the happiest people. Like yeah. it's not the new house or the new car or the jet ski or the motorbikes. I mean, you can chase all these things and have all these things and it's at the time of that this gives you fucking nothing. I was reading just yesterday this capital about like mental health and mental stress about this uh Finnish physician. Uh, he was the trainer for Formula One for uh, pretty much all the drivers. He's been working in the field for so long, and he was just talking about yesterday about how, how, how so many like high-end manager 
think about quality time as like this luxury vacation when all the one like kids are just when kids want just them to be home and play <laughs> they don't want a high hand vacation and things like that so i believe money are really important part of life because it can give you access to so many things so i'm not against money but if that's what's control your life mm. that there's a lot more like i'm so happy now even with my fiance we decide everything we own and it needs to be in a luggage all the rest is just like yeah. just so much to worry about and carrying like i was like i we went on a weekend last day we could have afforded like a nicer house we just went something cheaper just because we don't care about those things anymore yeah. it's like, there's so much more we went something that is cheaper but we had a great time we talk we stay together yeah. it's it sounds like always like those things that everyone said but i find like I w- i've been driven by money for so long mm-hmm. i left bali to chase money in dubai until i realized that that's nothing that i like it wasn't yeah i was just not happy i was making like so much more but i was just like it's not what i where i value yeah. so i think like that that the whole spirituality things that gets you in line with what's your value so if your value is making tons of money and you make it then you're super happy because that's what what really matters to you but if your value is something else so you leave your values in a way but you live your life in a different way that's yeah. when the imbalance comes in right if yes, you value right. freedom and then you can make a lot of money but you can never take a holiday mm. are you really happy no you just have a lot of money and a happy life or mm. you can have you know a lot of money and a happy life as well i'm not saying that you can have either or yeah but i think the whole spirituality things make you living your life according to the morals and the values that you actually have and back to that yeah why are you doing it like for me i've got visions and creating things to to make a lot of money it's in my goal I'd make a fuckload of money again like yeah. i've obviously made a lot of money in my construction business but obviously did it along wrong ways too and wasted yeah. it now this time around when what i'm creating i do want to earn a lot of money but i mean why i'm making the money is the there's a lot different reasons to yeah. why now it's more aligned with okay well you want to make something you want to do something it's because you want to give it back i want to be able to create i want to be able to be in that position to be able to do um, good things with charity, with especially here in Bali, with doing beautiful things. It's not about, and you're getting this flow of the universe works on you giving and receiving. So you're receiving abundance because you are then a channel to give abundance. Yeah. I feel like when you become stuck and stagnant, is like you take, 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 and then you sort of you're giving to yourself and through material possessions. But it's like, well, that's not kind of like the flow. I feel like you're getting yeah. that flow of receiving and giving. Then it's like you can experience all the beautiful things. But like where you said, they don't have this. It's not a hook. You can go away and have a nice holiday and have a nice car. That's fine. But you're not doing things for that. You're doing it for a higher purpose. You're doing it yeah. for service. You're doing it to make a difference. To to be, <laughs> to be um to be a better person and to do. I mean, Muhammad Ali said, oh, "I love this quote. It's like service to others is the rent we pay here on earth." Yeah. And that's kind of like when you feel most fulfilled, especially in my experience, when I'm giving to somebody or something more than i'm taking yeah man i feel like that's like that's the magic yeah yeah like i 100 percent agree like when i got rid of stuff that i thought were valuable for me which they were not were just bringing me down and i gave it to someone that actually valued them and appreciated more than i did they were so happy i felt more light it was great and um i I was a few few weeks back and uh you know war room here it's called give and yeah, uh, yeah everything goes for charity and um like what they have on the wall is like if you have more <laughs> than you need build a longer table not a higher fence i love that yeah oh, that so. is so fucking good and that's it because the more we get then we have to worry about people stealing it or fucking you know your insurance and this if you 
if you live a minimalist life, doesn't mean you can't still want to experience beautiful things, but oh, yeah. it's not about that. It becomes much more of a higher level. This is more about the experience than the things. Like, uh, you want to experience, I want to, I, I love the sunset here in Bali, but it's nothing that I buy. Like, you know, the sunset's yeah. there. It's like, <laughs> I don't care if I'm just watching sitting on the bench, like on the sand, because yeah. that's what I enjoy, the sunset. I don't need to be at a VIP club that I paid so much money for to watch the same sunset. I enjoy the same experience. Yeah. Like, in the cheaper in a nicer way. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks a lot for um, for the chat today, my brother. Thanks for having me in. I uh, really appreciate that. And, and um, yeah, so where can, uh, obviously I'll share in the show notes, but if you, it's uh, the Buffalo Tribe. Yeah, the Buffalo Tribe is our company account. So you can find everything there. There's our website and everything. And then there's my personal is Scompa12. Yep. So and it's on Instagram. You're on, uh, I'll, I'll add it in the show notes too, but so Ricardo Scompa. Yeah, Ricardo Scomperin, but everyone say it's such a hard name. It's so yeah. long <laughs> in I'll a just, foreign language. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put it in the show notes. And um, yeah, awesome. Really appreciate the chat today, brother. And um, we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Feel free to leave your feedback and any questions. And we will talk to you soon on the next one. Bye for now. So stay tuned. Uh, sending you guys love and light. Thank you for listening to the Justin Louis podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and please subscribe and like and leave some comments Um, and feel free to share this to anyone you feel may benefit from the information was provided here. Sending you love and light and wishing you the health and happiness that you deserve. Bye for now.